Welcome back, everyone, to MX Asian American. Today we have Victor. You want to introduce yourself first? Uh, yes, I'm Victor Chung. I'm, I'm living in San Francisco. Uh, I'm a martial artist, martial arts instructor, uh, kettlebell certified instructor as well. And I'm all about trying to help people um, build their physique and uh, build confidence in themselves physically. Yeah, oh, that's so awesome. Um, I really wanted to invite you on because of your post in Asian Hustle Network, um, but also like an interesting background in martial arts and fitness um, in general. So um, would you tell us a little bit about when you began learning about martial arts, um, what influenced you to start? Uh, sure. My biggest influence was, was my grandfather, who taught uh, Chinese Kung Fu, mm -hmm. Southern style. Southern style being uh, Hong Gakun. Hong Gakun is Tiger Crane. Mm. And um, <clears throat> he was a teacher in New York City as well as Philadelphia. And uh, unfortunately, he died uh, when I was only eight years old. So I only learned the basic stances. But from that point on, I had a lot of influence in wanting to learn it and also to pursue a teacher. So it took about seven years and I was already in high school and a friend of mine uh, kept mispronouncing the name. So I went to go check it out myself and I realized it was actually Wing Chun. Mm. So I learned Wing Chun uh, under uh, Moi Ba Hiu. Also his name is uh, Pete Pahil. And he studied with uh, Grandmaster Moyat out of New York, Manhattan, New York. So that's how my career in martial arts started. I always <laughs> wanted to learn how to fight not because I wanted to fight people, but uh, where I grew up in Philadelphia, it was a very tough blue collar city. Mm. So um, you could be a fight for no reason, not, not, not always necessarily discrimination or racially like today. It was just that if you run into someone, bump into them, it could be really hot and humid and sticky and people are generally in a very bad mood mm -hmm. and they would want to fight you already. So it's always important to learn how to protect yourself, mm -hmm. especially in the 80s because the 80s you would catch the bus and the subway by yourself mm -hmm. even as a young kid a lot of the kids today they don't get that they have to be taken to school dropped off so a lot of the things i did growing up is illegal now because i have two kids <laughs> i can't do that i can't have kids catch the bus or the subway by themselves mm -hmm. uh, up to a certain age um but here in san francisco the mass transit's free Mm -hmm. So we had to pay and it was dangerous. So mm. it, was pretty, it was pretty funny anyway. <laughs> so how long have you been um, doing martial arts? Well, today's the 1st of October. So in four days, it'll be exactly 34 years I've been training. Whoa, that <laughs> is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I started October 5th, 1987. So I've been with it ever since. Yeah. How was your transition from um learning the art um into teaching uh it was quite interesting that you brought that up because um my sifu actually left philadelphia mm -hmm. he closed the school and moved to new jersey south jersey and at that time it was called Voorhees, new jersey that was the township that he moved to and i was starting college so this was 1990 and i went to school at drexel university in philadelphia and I had to continue training, but the commute was pretty difficult, not because it was a long distance. It's just there's too many trains to catch to mm -hmm. catch the pack of speed lines. So I decided to start training some friends in college uh, at the dormitory myself. 
And I didn't know that I was actually on my way to becoming a teacher because instructing your friends, you have to be even more patient because they goof around and they don't take you seriously. But I think once the classes started, they knew that I was serious. So they behaved very differently during class. Mm. So then after class, they were just normal classmates, but they knew when I was teaching and, and I had to give them a lot of credit. They took being a student um, very seriously as well. So my first student was, um, he was a Ukrainian, uh, Andrew Kohut, and I went to high school with him. So he and I ended up going to college together, but he was my first student. And then from that point on, I went from one student to 14 students. So was this like um, a private sort of class that people could sign up for? Or is it like, no, it was just, a, it was just in our dormitory. Uh-huh. In fact, it was all the guys in our dormitory. This is a very stressful school. Uh-huh. So they figured if you're going to have a class, we're just going to join the class for an hour and practice. And we ended up going for like a couple hours, mm. but they, we would fog up the fifth floor. We live in Ke- uh, Kelly hall. And if you were walking to the dormitory, you'll see the middle floor always fogged up at uh, six o'clock to seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And they always knew we were training there. We had spiral staircases. Ooh. And um, I think it was the odd floors were male and the even floors were female. But we're right in the middle because it's 10 floors. So we're on the fifth floor. And mm-hmm. it was always the fifth floor was fogged up at that time, right around dinner time. So, um, <laughs> but the women decided to join too because they could, just look, they could look down and they could look up. Uh-huh. They're at the same, like a uh, mezzanine type of balcony uh-huh. facing the window. So Ooh, we had female students. Too. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So what do you think is the hardest part of learning martial arts versus teaching it? Uh, the hardest part for most people, I think, is to find a compatible teacher. Mm. Uh, they could be good teachers. They could be excellent at what they know and their, and their skill, but there may not be a compatibility. Mm. Um, I only speak Cantonese, so I'm sorry if I, if I say this, but in, in Cantonese, we say you have to have yun fun. If you don't have yun fun, it's kind of like the, it's an intangible. Yeah, correct. There you go, in Mandarin. You have to have that. If you don't have that, uh, any relationship really is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, we go to college and we have professors we don't like and we don't yes. think they're good. But we, have to stay, <laughs> we, we, we can't drop out of it. You have to stay mm-hmm. through it. It's a mandatory class. Um, and then there's some students that actually really like the teacher. So it's a hit or miss type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I really believe um, students and teachers, they have to connect um, when it happens. It, it doesn't always happen. But when it does, it's much easier for the teacher and much easier for the student. Uh, they're on the same, same wavelength. And mm-hmm. I think that's the most difficult part. If you can get past that part or you're lucky enough to uh, meet a teacher that, that you have that connection with, things are generally a lot smoother. I'm not saying it's easy. Martial arts by any stretch of the imagination it's not going to be easy um the the art itself is going to demand a lot of you physically and mentally um so how this is a question that um i know that you wanted to discuss um mm-hmm. how like the fitness um and martial arts community um help against uh, violent attacks towards Asian Americans um, and Pacific Islanders since like the pandemic? Uh, fitness in general will give you confidence because you're not debating in your mind if you can do something or not. Mm-hmm. Physical, you either can lift a certain amount of weight or you can't. 
and you could either do a particular skilled exercise or you can't. So it's a very similar to martial arts. So if you have more training and ideally better coaching, you will be naturally more confident. So once mm -hmm. you're confident, it changes the, the, I guess, the target. You're, not a, you're less of a target when you're more confident. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would see it more on a psychological level, that mm -hmm. if you are more confident, people won't look to pick on you or to harass you or even try to, uh, to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it definitely helps if you're physically fit, you look physically fit and you look like you could do some harm back to people. That's when they would, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't consider, you know, even if you don't know martial arts, I'm mm -hmm. just saying, if you look physically able and you have skill and you exude confidence, I think that is a game changer. Mm -hmm. So the physical part is so important because again, it's not about debate. You either can do it or you cannot do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're trained mentally, you can have those problems where you have self-doubt. Like the physical part is so important. I mean, most Asian people are typecasted as good students. You know, they stay out of trouble. They, they mind, they stay in their lane, they mind their business. And they do seem to be a passive culture in society. Mm -hmm. However, if you wanted to stay something or to make, to take a stand, because you're physically able to, uh, that you, you tend to help another person, for example. Like I, I was in high school and someone was picking on a, a smaller stature Chinese uh, kid. He's a freshman. I think I was a sophomore or I was a junior at the time. And I had good friends that were all on the football team too. So that helped as well. But they were picking on him. And we, I made a stand. I said, yeah, you need to leave him alone or you're going to deal with all of us. And of course, they, they made the right decision and didn't pick on him anymore. Wow. But, uh, and then the weirdest thing is he became my, he became my brother-in-law, like my brother-in-law's <laughs> brother younger brother. It's so weird. Like my brother-in-law's younger brother. And I never knew he lived so close Wow. Yeah. So it just, it, things work out in a very strange way. And um, so that's one example. If mm. you, if you are, are actually able to uh, develop yourself physically, uh, it changes things because why didn't they pick on me? They picked on him. Mm. So there, there was that difference in, in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I I've think always, that, yeah. I've always like imagined situations like that. And of course, like I would want to help like somebody who is bullied, but like until I actually encounter that situation, I really don't know like mm -hmm. what I would do. <laughs> Correct. No. And you have to be that way. You, you mm -hmm. can't assume or say, I'm going to live this way. Mm -hmm. And every time I see it, I'm going to do something. Then you're not thinking. That's when you just commit to a certain way and you don't assess the situation. So martial arts is really important at being aware and being able to assess the situation. Assessing the situation may be, this is not the right fight. Uh, there's other ways to handle it. Now we all have cell phones, of course, but you can always call a law enforcement. It's much more easily accessible. Mm -hmm. And you may not even want to bring any attention to yourself because you're better off surprising people to help someone that they don't know that you're actually trying to help a particular bullied person. Mm. So if you, if you actually bring attention to yourself, you may create more problems, mm. but you kind of have to learn by having experience. So we always say your Kung Fu is your real experience. Mm. So if you don't have a lot of street experience, um, uh, it helps that someone can help you understand what is street experience, but you really have to have it. Mm 
uh, until you actually catch you know the subway or the bus really late at night and you may go through some tough neighborhoods you wouldn't know even if someone told you what to look after or look for mm-hmm. so so you really have to have more experience mm. but your parents can tell you too they'll say the same things like don't go out late but it's it's, it's not reasonable we are going to go out late we're young people we're going to hang out <laughs> with our friends we're going to do things that young people do but uh, you just hope that the judgment um, because of martial arts and the discipline that, okay, well, this is not, I can see the outcome. It's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So let's not engage. We're outnumbered because I've had it happen to me. I was with my cousin and it was right after a run DMC concert in Philadelphia, the spectrum broke out. We're on a bus and there was a lot of people that love rap, of course, but they were completely filling the bus and we were the only two Asian people on the bus. Ooh. So they were, they were putting out ashes on our hair. So, and then it was, it was going to escalate. My cousin wanted to do something and I grabbed them and I said, we are so outnumbered. Even if we were to beat up two people to make it even, our casualty is going to be way worse than yes. theirs. So I had to warn him. So I told my cousin, I said, let's try to get up four stops before our stop. He's like, why? I go, because I had a feeling they won't let us off the bus. And it was true. They didn't let us off the bus. So by the time it, the fourth try, they finally let us off the bus. And the bus driver said, leave them alone. I got off the bus. It was our stop. So we didn't have to walk that far. Mm. So I figured that they wanted to get the last laugh by making us miss our stop, several stops. So I said, it's the fourth stop. Let's get up, try to get to the door. And at the very least, we'll be by the door waiting for our stop versus being pinned down into a two-seater. Mm. on the bus so that's again is experience like do you have the wherewithal to go assess the situation this is not a fighting situation this would be an it'll be a stupidity situation (laughs) if you would try to make a fight when you clearly cannot beat these people Mm. it's not possible so it's not saying that i'm afraid of them it's just that what's the point of being uh brave at that point Mm. you have you have to opt to be smart so when you choose to be smart, I feel it's more in line with martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, martial arts doesn't give you more courage. It doesn't make you less fearful. It just trains your mind to have strength and make the right decisions, make the right calls. So when you're training or sparring, it's the same thing. You know, it, so you have to look at it as you're not going to physically spar with a lot of people. You're going to tend to talk to them a lot more. Mm-hmm. So your ability to articulate is very important. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, just how many words you say it, it's how clear and concise you can be, but there's also an authority behind it. Like this person must obviously know what he or she is saying. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to speak, but then you also have to know when to raise your voice to let people know that it's going to escalate. So we did the right thing. We got off the bus and we were unharmed. And I can talk to you about it today <laughs> versus like my jaw all messed up. <laughs> You know, I'm like, you know, still hurting from the pain, you know, so you, those are the, the, the silent victories, I think, are very important that people mm-hmm. should really talk about a lot more mm-hmm. because uh, that's a way of using your mind um, and also your spirit to to escape the situation. Yeah, it's always like I'm, I'm always reminded of like um, these like violent attacks towards um, our community when like people actually talk about it um and also i'm sure like 
oh, like since it's not in the news anymore, you know, or like not as prominent as before, um, people just like don't forget, but like it's not on our radar. So it it still surprises me whenever I hear people talk about being attacked or feeling like they're unsafe in this in a situation. Um, so yeah, I think what you said about I think like martial arts and fitness trains both your brain and your body. Um, That's right. So yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you started incorporating fitness, like started to like branch outside of martial arts. Uh, sure. Uh, martial arts has a very direct uh, nature, no matter what style or system you study. It's going to have the core concepts and theories, combative theories, uh, but that's not enough to maintain your physique or your body. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially people after 40, um, it's encouraged that they strength train versus just do cardio and running. Mm-hmm. They have to develop their strength because your muscles start to atrophy. Mm. And um, no matter what you do, your metabolism slows down as well. So if you don't strength train, the muscles are not going to be conditioned. So it's really important to work on your joints, your muscles, and of course, your bones to the, the bone density. It's really important to have because especially Asian people, uh, Asian females in general have a higher risk of osteoporosis. And the worst thing is when you fall, your bones are brittle, they crack. So you actually want to strength train more because you're actually uh, enrolling the body to come to the aid of the, of the skeletal system. Mm. So by that token alone, your bone becomes more dense, more dense, mm-hmm. and the more dense it is, the stronger it is. Mm-hmm. So as the bones are stronger, the muscles also get stronger. And besides the aesthetics and appearance, why is it important? Muscle helps you burn fat. So the more muscle you have, um, the more it's attacking the fat. And the, the biggest fear of fat is the visceral fat that you don't see. So it's the fat that's in your, around your organs that puts unnecessary pressure on your organs. Then it creates heart disease, uh, creates high blood pressure. It can create all kinds of chronic problems in your, in your uh, cavities, the or, orga, uh, organ cavities. So the pressure of putting against uh, um, different, I'm sorry, excuse me, different, um, different organs it's going to affect how they perform. So if the organs perform badly, it leads to other diseases and other problems. Mm-hmm. But you never thought that, oh, I'm just working on my joints and my muscles. How does that all equate to all that? It's completely interconnected, uh, especially if you look in the Chinese medicine, that the muscular system is one of the seven systems. So the mm-hmm. system has to help the rest of the system mm-hmm. uh, for it to work. So of course, with more uh, physical work, the heavier that the digestion is going to be too, you'll be hungrier. But then at that point, you want to eat more whole foods to support a body that needs that nutrition. Mm -hmm. So it's all one positive decision leading to another positive decision. So it's really important that um, you you work on not just the martial arts combat of theories, but how you can enhance your body to be stronger. And I always look at it as if you study an art that you dearly love, it's important to have a body that can uh, match it or parallel it. So I like Wing Chun. So Wing Chun is very uh, science-based. It's very um, geometrically and physics approach to everything we do. 
and it's an efficient and effective system. So you want an effective and efficient body too. So if your body is in shape, um, it's a better vehicle to express Wing Chun Kung Fu. Segwaying into that, <laughs> um, I have seen pictures of your body and it's amazing, especially <laughs> at your age, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you're very, very strong too. <laughs> and uh, you have entered the Men's Journal magazine competition uh, for the dad bod. <laughs> yes. How has that journey has? How has that journey been? Like, what influenced um, you to enter? It was sort of like a dare. Uh, I was posting on Instagram in private. Uh, I didn't make it a public page pretty much. So it was for people that I was training during the pandemic. Mm. And I had students that uh, a lot of them moved out of San Francisco, went back to the East Coast or the Midwest. And they weren't sure they're going to come back. So I just continued to do the things we were doing. And March 8th, 2020, nine days before the lockdown, I got certified in um, RKC kettlebell um, training. So I didn't want to stop just because the pandemic happened. So I went to the school every day and worked on myself. So I committed to that. And today is 343 days in a row that I have worked out every morning between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Every single day, like clockwork, even on vacation, I have not stopped working out. Mm-hmm. And people go, you need a rest day. Well, I, I only need a rest day for certain muscle groups. Yeah. So I work on other things, but I didn't want to break the street because once I got past 10 days, I kept it going. So I'm 22 days away for the full year of every day working out. So I posted Woo! everything on Instagram. And then because of that, somehow I got these ads to uh, enter into this legendary dad bod competition. Because they knew I had kids and they knew I was a father. So I was like, how did they? I was like, wow, they can <laughs> internet, demographically, the internet. <laughs> demographically, you know, collect data on you so quickly. I know. I know. So I said, okay, well, what would it hurt? So I did a quick autofill and then mm-hmm. they accepted it. And I said, I probably won't, I won't get accepted. In five days, they, they're like, oh, we, we approve your submission. And wow. Going. So I said, okay, we'll see what it's about. But it's not about fitness. So it's all it is, is about popularity. Mm. It's about, uh, it's comical. They may have a, a, a very big bear, uh, beer belly guy win it all. It, don't be surprised if it's someone that's uh, not uh-huh, fit. Uh-huh. Because it fits into dad bod. Everything's a dad bod. So even when you say legendary dad bod, it could be that it's such a great looking typical dad bod mm-hmm. that would still win. But for me, I just, I just used it as a, a log onto the fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there's something else to compete for too now. So I'm not just working on my daily routine. I'm going to see if we can change the idea of what a dad bod is. Mm-hmm. So I, I joke around with my nieces and my kids. I say, I prefer father figure <laughs> than dad bod, right? So it's like, what, what's a father figure? Well, you want to eat well, get enough rest, all the things you teach your kids to do, then father figure is better than dad bod. Mm-hmm. So I, I mm-hmm. thought that that was funny. <laughs> but the legendary dad bod thing, it's, it's, um, it just yesterday ended our 10 day. The 10 day is that if you advance to the next round, which I did, which is round Woo! two, I know it was pretty awesome, but I was uh, first place in my group the whole 10 days straight. Wow. That's so amazing. To, yeah. Thank you. And then today it starts uh, the next seven days uh-huh. and more than half the day is gone. So I'm still holding first place for my group. Mm. So we'll and when see. does um when is like the ultimate decision or 
This one runs till the 7th of October, mm-hmm. and that's the round two. And then from the 7th to the 14th will be round three if we all stay. It's like they start to cut down the, the number. Mm-hmm. So it goes from 33 to 15, 15 mm-hmm. to 10, 10 to 5. Mm. If I'm still around in November, I would be the top two. What? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just really other dads talk to me too. And it's just, we're just laughing at one another that we're all in this. We're trying to bring awareness to children fighting cancer, number mm. one. So people donate money towards that. It supports that cause. Mm. And to be honest, if I was to win $25,000, it'd be, it'd be great. It'd be, it, it would be a total bragging rights and I would totally market <laughs> of that. Course. But I'm real interested in the two page, uh, it's called an advertorial. The advertorial allows you to pitch something you want to pitch. Mm. So it, it may be the cover and two pages. I'm not really sure. Whoa. But I, I would love to pitch... Um, the AAPI situation. Mm. I really would love to, if, if the, if the producers and the publishers are willing to take that, because it's a big thing that happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if that was the opportunity given to me, I would take full advantage of that, 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 you know, work out, stay fit, practice martial arts, uh, support your local martial arts. Cause a lot of them are closing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in our own culture, we have so much wisdom to help us get through even the, the tough times of being harassed and picked on. Mm-hmm. But uh, people have to stop being so device centric and look at it as the, the phone could only capture what's going to happen to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's not going to capture or defend you. <laughs> you have to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, and then also everyone assumes you have a device now. So people put it away and they try to hide it. I just laugh. I go, they already know you have one. So it, it's expected that everyone carries a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to rob that from you, they're going to rob it from you anyway, mm-hmm. whether you show it or not. So that's so awesome! I'm so excited for you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's exciting. A lot of friends and uh, fellow martial artists, uh, friends from school, uh, throughout my whole life growing up. I'm 49 now. I turned 50 in March. Ooh. Um, there's a lot of people that are supportive of it, and it just uh, it just works out that um, I'm gaining more and more support every day, and then. The group that I met you at as well, I've been seeing more and more people, um, you know, come out and say congratulations and, and they do vote because I get to see who votes. Mm-hmm. Then I try to go back to message, go to messenger and then thank them mm-hmm. for voting so that I want them to know that this is a big thing for, for not just Asian Americans, but for anybody that they have to take care of their health. They're fully responsible for their well-being, and no one else is. Mm-hmm. And if they, can if this story can go to that level, then it's a real positive for everyone in society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since we are talking about the dad bod, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you're balancing your career right now, but also like being a father. Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, what I do is my whole life revolves around the kids. Mm-hmm. This is my wife. She and I are fully committed to, grow, to raising them the best way we know how. So what I do is I get up at four o'clock usually. I'm at the school four twenty, four thirty, and I'm working out because they're still asleep. So I, I, it doesn't interfere. They don't even know that I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So when I come back, I make breakfast. They know that Daddy went to work out or practice kung fu or whatever he does. <laughs> so I get that completely out of the way. Mm-hmm. So I make it a priority so that I'm not going. Oh, do I have time after work? 
during dinner or after dinner, mm -hmm. and your energy is depleted. Mm -hmm. So I rather do it first thing in the morning because it's a preference for me that it will for sure ha have me go to sleep early because mm -hmm. I use all this energy during the day mm -hmm. and it, it kind of sets the tone for my day. So the balance is I uh, do the same thing every day. I get up, I have this uh, super fruit uh, concentrated. Uh, it's, it's like a syrup or serum every day. And then I uh, wait about half an hour, I have a cup of coffee and I drink lots of water. So I drink two glasses of water once after the serum, then I have my coffee and I work out and I'm back, make breakfast, uh, just work in my business and take the kids to school and then be ready to pick them up. So I try to get all my work done within six hours, mm. drop them off, work six hours, pick them up, uh, take them to volleyball or to my son also practices Kung Fu. Ooh. So I take him to that, to, to our class. And then um, we have dinner when we start the whole day, the, the cycle is the same. It's, it's very uh, scheduled and it's very mm -hmm. uh, healthy. Uh, what I tell people is what true mastery is in life in martial arts too, is the schedule mm. that if you want to be a master in anything, you have to honor your own schedule, the schedule that you made and that you committed to. So mm -hmm. I, I really believe the first step to mastery is honoring a schedule, any kind of schedule, even your podcast and, uh, having lining people up and say, I'm dedicating myself to do this. That's, that's your own mastery in your profession. Mm -hmm. It's really important that we, uh, we value our time. You know, we, we all have finite time. So we, we have to be really good at how we use it. So uh -huh. that's the balance uh, part. If I answered <laughs> your question or not, I'm not sure if I did. Yes, <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, now I'm interested since I know you have a son who also is learning martial arts that, <laughs> Um, are you teaching him or is yes. he? Okay. I've been teaching him now for five years. He's 12 years old now. So, uh, and you're welcome to check it out. I, I'll friend, I'll friend you on Facebook later and you could look at the, uh, he played the wooden dummy. Whoa. Um, and I, it was the dad, I think it was father's, no, it's national son's day two days ago. And I just posted his, uh, his ability. Whoa. Uh, two days ago. So he. He doesn't know I did that, but I, I posted it. And then um, I'm also training with him. Uh, it's very short clips, but mm -hmm. it, it's just something that I'm very proud of that he stuck to. Mm -hmm. And I don't force it on my children. My daughter also learned it too, but she uh, is so into volleyball right now. Mm -hmm. You know, she made the nationals uh, wow. competition in Las Vegas. So now she's all about volleyball. So I, I look at it. Family. Yeah. This yeah well, <laughs> no, it, it is. It's, um, it's about it's about introducing them to as many things as possible. Mm. And I think whatever they like, we're going to support them and, and push them, but they have to like it. Like mm -hmm. if they didn't like it, I would never push martial arts or physical fitness on them at all. So. Well, that's very awesome. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. I really <laughs> appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with you doing this. I think it's awesome. I, I just, I'll share with you. I have a friend who's getting um the Silicon Valley Film Festival Award tomorrow. Mm. Uh, he's getting two short films. His name is Max Lerung. And Max Lerung is a good friend of mine. He's like maybe maybe like half a year older than I am right now. But he's um, he is actually very big in the Asian community nationwide. Mm. And he's helped so many people. He's just one of those people that if you care to have another person on the podcast, he would be a really good person because he's uh, born and raised here 
but he's active in every aspect of uh, Asian America. Mm, and he's okay. connected with a lot of people in New York, Boston, the Midwest, Texas, and the South, everywhere. Mm. And uh, he's just he's someone that I think would be really good for your show. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll check him out. <laughs> Welcome. Sure. And where can listeners find you? Uh, on Instagram, it's all core rhythm. ACR, it's, it's just all core rhythm. Instagram.com slash all core rhythm. And on Facebook uh, and Instagram, it's Ving Chun Sito, V I N G T S U N S I T O. Awesome. And I'll link Thank everything you. in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. Pleasure.